Welcome to Musitations, Sound Healing and Sound Wisdom for a World in Need. On Musitations, we explore all things musical, meditative, and creative for healing, transformation, and awakening the relationship between nature, culture, and the soul. I'm Michael Branty Maria, and I'm your host and guide on this journey on the edge of a new millennium. I bring my 30 plus years of experience as an integrative wellness guide, best selling author, meditation, yoga, mindfulness teacher, and a four time Grammy nominated musician. Join me now on this adventure of awakening the soul. Welcome to another episode of Musitations. It's so great to have you here. And I'm really excited to have a really dear friend with me today, Felipe. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Felipe, and then we're going to jump right into it because I always feel, you know, Felipe is one of these friends that whenever I connect with him, it we just drop into that timeless now. And it's, you know, first time we connected, it was definitely feeling like a brother from another mother. So um, anyway, let me tell you a little bit about Felipe Munez, and then I'm going to welcome right on. So Felipe is an award-winning artist, a five-time entrepreneur with 20 years of experience with marketing and a decade working on business branding and consulting. He's also a meditation and mindfulness teacher and also a professional coach since 2010, who where he really focuses on assisting individuals on living a more mindful and meaningful life by embracing their spirituality, creativity, and exploring new positive experiences. And that connection between spirituality and creativity is one thing that Felipe and I share so deeply and why I just think we have such a connection around this. And this is no surprise because his father actually is a fine artist and interior designer, and his mother is an educator on theology and philosophy. So again, we, we, we kind of travel creatively and conceptually and philosophically together, and it's, it's really wonderful. So he comes from a wonderful place of combining critical thinking, compassion, and that existential drive. And he also is a father with two very expressive and creative children, which I'm not surprised knowing him. And another really interesting connection, you know, I'm first generation Italian. My father was born and raised in Italy and moved here when he was 1920. Felipe was born in Brazil. He's Brazilian. He's a native Brazilian, and he's he moved to the States in 2013, which was a huge period of transition for him, and, and I'm going to let him share a little bit more about that. Um, but without further ado, I, I want to welcome my good friend and soul brother, Felipe, onto Musitations. Welcome, Felipe. Thank you, Michael. Like, it's such a pleasure. I just I always enjoy our conversations regardless of the platform. So uh, I feel like to have a dedicated container for this is going to be much fun for both of us. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. And it's just great. And I also, it's, uh, I love, we were talking about, are these toys or tools or both? You know, we're both <laughs> surrounded by, I call these my babies. And I will, you know, seeing your your own space grow over the years in your sound meditative expression is just beautiful and and i think i want to i want to start there and then see where it takes us and as i've mentioned to before you know on silversations 
this is a back and forth. So yes, I want our listeners to get to know you and find out more about you and your work. And that I have gotten so much feedback that people love the back and forth, that it's not your typical interview, but that it's a fluid, like a duet, like music. So feel free to ask me anything and to add, and we're going to see how this solversation blooms and unfolds. Um, so, you know, I, f- I first remember connecting around, and I can't remember the talk I gave, but it was, uh, I can never remember the word because it's more complicated. What is the name of the, you were basically really uh, one of the, uh, it was the, one of your brain, you know, I want to say it was a brainchild of yours, but I know you <laughs> it's something that is around the country. Can you say a little bit about that event that, that really spoke to me so deeply? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're talking about a pechacocha. That's yeah. why it's a hard word. It's a, it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's a Japanese word for, for chit chat, right? Um, so it's an interesting venue for expression, for learning in a, in a specific way, uh, where the methodology is like inviting people to talk um, for what was about eight minutes, where you have like 20 slides and each slide lasts for 20 seconds. So you're kind of like curating this conversation around a topic. Um, and I was very fortunate to inherit that in 20, I think it was 2015, when I started doing that, I did for about four years. Um, I did 16 volumes of those. Um, So it were like um, almost four per year. And and yeah, in one of them, when I wanted to just highlight like all these incredible stories we have in our community, right? And that sometimes we, we look at things like TED Talks and you have like all these high specialists and the idea of this is to create a platform where everyone can be, you know, intertwined and entangled. So bringing you talking about uh, music and creativity and spirituality well, with, with all your accolades and your experience. And then you also have like this like young artist that is just coming out of college talking about his life experiences and, uh, and, and accolades and, and struggles through life, it gives so much inspiration to people. And I think that that's what resonated to me. Like knowing that that event was not happening here in Pensacola, I wanted to have something like that because I wanted to just attend events like that. Um, and I'm on the, <laughs> I'm, I'm on this mindset that like, if you don't find it, you build it. If you cannot, see things happening you make it happen um so that was one of the the many things that i try to create here in pensacola after moving like say from uh, from brazil from like a huge city from a megalopoly like sao paulo um that changed completely my lifestyle and i was trying to find what was the best of both worlds like intertwining that cultural um community and the same way trying to connect, right? With artists, with the creatives, um, with the people that I love to be around and I want to be inspired by. So it was kind of like an excuse also to connect uh, with those people that I admire from a distance, but then I could bring closer to me. Uh, And I'm very fortunate that friendships like ours sparked 
from that uh, th that venue. <laughs> That's beautiful, and and I have to say that I, I one of the things I've really admired about you and watched is that you are not only a builder of community, you, you just have a natural gift for that, but what I consider social artistry, you know, because this is also the, the ability to create community around creativity. And, and I've watched you do this in a number of venues in our area. And, and I have tremendous respect for that. And, you know, I did some of my own versions at times, but I, I really know how hard or challenging it can be to have it. And I really saw, I think this was also something that really drew me to you and your work is what I call selfless service. You know, I could see you, you really, your love of people, your love of the creative process, your love of bringing people together. And it really came through. And, and also, I mean, uh, you know, I have made connections through that connection. And you, and because I, you know, I'm, uh, I've got a few years on you and kind of downriver a bit, but you really helped me connect with some of the younger community here in a really beautiful way. And I want to thank you for that. And, and it was really, um, really profound. So, so I think that this is a really beautiful thing where too, and this is a theme I see and comes up a lot in musitations is I posted this quote, I cannot remember, it's a Frenchman who wrote it, I should have that down, but I'm not taking credit for it, but the quote is, nobody knows everything, but everyone knows something no one else knows. And it's this idea of unique perspective, and almost when you were talking about, you know, the, the beauty of connection of all of these gifts that people are able to share through an event like that. And I did love that it was short, you know, eight minutes, 20 slides for 20 seconds. It, it makes sure everybody gets a voice and it, and it's almost, and I know we're both influenced by meditative practices like Buddhism and, and other meditative practices, but in particular in Buddhism, the idea of codependent arising, that everything's arising and interconnected like an ecosystem or an old growth forest. And, and that event kind of felt like an old growth forest, you know, it really diversity, plurality were built into it. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. So, so I really, I really makes me think about the Amazon in Brazil, <laughs> so, which, which I want to get into, but I want to move to the next strong memory I have of you is I remember this coming through my email and I didn't know it was you when I first, it was like, you know, art is meditation, you know, come <laughs> and paint as a meditative practice. And I was like, Oh, I want to sign up, you know, because I'm, I'm a wannabe visual artist. You know, I've always, I swim in music and, and poetry and writing, but I, I always say, you know, one day if I really, really retire, I want to get an MFA in abstract acrylic painting. You know, it's like it's <laughs> always whether or not, you know, and actually watching. So I click on it and here's Felipe's beautiful face and you're doing this wonderful and just the description of it, the way you described it. And it was, I think, around abstract acrylic. So it was kind of like. And I wanted to make it to that so many times and it was just on a, a day in time. I couldn't, but I was, I remember reaching out to you and just kind of number one, kudos. Number two, I want to do this. Um, 
And so I wanted to give you a little bit of time. And, and this is, I think, this is the core message of musitations because musitations doesn't just mean music. You know, musitations, all the muses. So the musings, the, the way we follow the creative energy, which to me is kind of like, you know, eros. It's almost like the life force itself. And when we align ourselves with that energy, the two things I like to say is if, you know, if creator, what creator's doing all the time is creating, when we're creating, we're putting ourselves in alignment with that fundamental creative process of the entire universe. And so many people think of meditation as sitting on the, the cushion and, and there's nothing wrong. I've been doing that for 40 years and I'm very grateful for my Zen practice and all of that. And it's very hard for a lot of people, number one, to, to meditate to silence. Number two, to not do. And I think one thing that I really try to help support people in, which I know you do too, is that the creative process in and of itself can be the most powerful meditation. So I just want to open that up and have you share anything, maybe inspiration for those workshops and and anything you want to share about your process. Because I see you first and foremost as an artist, actually. But then I also see this teacher and meditation teacher. So I would love for you to respond to all of that in any way that, that you feel called. I know I, I put a lot out there. And I appreciate that because it's um, those are the little reminders of how I got where I am. Right? Sometimes I don't stop to think about that process. You know, my mindfulness, in a sense, has that um, part of it. You're so in trail on the now that sometimes you don't stop to think about like you know the planning or the past, and those are also important parts of it. So I say mindfulness is. Uh, the stepping stone, the beginning of every practice. Um, but to go to the point of how did all that started is just an interesting um, journey for myself because I never thought that I was going to jump into this role of like teaching meditation or um, teaching mindfulness, teaching uh, art in any sense because those are just like my private practices that people were asking about. And I was like, well, let me show, you know, let me try to curate, like what will be that environment? Um, so in, in that sense, I was, I think it was 2016 when I, I started uh, renting a studio space at First City Art Center, which is the only community art center here in town. And, and they, had these different exhibitions where I was putting performances on, you know, like I was painting and like, or having an open studio and painting and painting to me, it, I'm not a good illustrator. I'm not a good uh, fine artist per se, you know, and I, I have all my, my background professional uh, background in design and that sense, my my idea of things can be perfect, and I just need a computer to make them perfect. You know, perfect in being in alignment with a briefing, uh, and like 
resulting in an outcome that is aligned with what a client wants, even if that client's me. I can take a photograph if I need a perfect picture, you know, like and things like that. So when it comes to art, to me, it's just like uh, this is a space where the canvas is blank and I just want to be pure expression of whatever is flowing through me. It's almost like a channel uh, to not only my emotions, but how my emotions and feelings, my psyche connect with this super consciousness that is around us. And, and just allowing myself to be open to whatever is that expression without abiding to a style, technique, or color, palette, whatever it is. It's like, what do I have around me that can become expressive? So people would you know, constantly ask, like when I'm painting or watching what I was painting, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you painting? What is this? And I was like, what do you see? What is that this like, you know, talks through to you? To me, painting, and art in general is a dialogue, it's a constant dialogue. It just doesn't belong to me, doesn't belong to you. It's something that is in the ether of interpretation uh, and connection that goes beyond what we even understand as the uh, as capable by the human mind, right? Um, so anyway, that fascinated me. And because people were asking so much, I was like, you know what? I talk with uh, the event coordinator. Let's put up a class there and uh, we can do a meditation prior to, you know, painting. But the idea is to demystify what is the, that process of both the meditation and the, the painting. So for the first year, those classes were two hours long, you know, sometimes three hours long. You would have uh, a, a 10 to 15 minute meditation at the beginning. And my intention, both spiritually and psychologically, was to get people on the same wavelength, kind of like connect with the, uh, with the stars, if you will, and bring that energy into the flow of what is necessary, leaving out the door everything that they don't need. And then challenging them through the process to the point that I was mentioned at the beginning, this is just um, ex um, abstract expressionism. You're, if, you're, if I see you painting like an object or like having like a line of thought that is too consistent, I'm gonna give you a different color. I'm gonna give you a different tool mm. because the idea behind it is to challenge you to think in different ways and find flow through that process, not to be on your comfort zone. Uh, and that was what was really interesting because you were stressing to a point, right? You're stressing the canvas and stressing yourself, but not to a point of burnout, but to a point of creative flow where whatever you're creating at this moment in the beginning, the first 30 minutes, is going to be completely different from like an hour, an hour and a half later on. Because the materials are not going to dry in time enough and you are working over and over again. But the idea was exactly that, to not be a painting with a twist, if you, if you mm -hmm. might, you know? You're not trying to achieve this result. Yes. You're just enjoying the process itself, enjoying that journey. And I think it was really successful with that. It was actually what led me into expanding into like, what are other ways of integrating creativity into people's lives? And led me after 
that to study more of um, positive psychology on my on my MBA, so I could integrate more of like what is that flow, the mindfulness, this strength use that helps people to transcend what they are experiencing in this moment. Because the idea behind what I do now as like stress management goes is not that we are getting rid of stress, but we're channeling what we understand as stress mm-hmm. in a, into a creative flow that we are able to tackle and you know merge into different ways. So to me, all those things that I'm talking about from like business uh, development, um, art making, meditation, fatherhood those are spiritual practices to me this is what life is about is how we integrate um, this faith that we have in ourselves and hope to the mankind and manifest that into how we act in this world and i think that finding creative ways of allowing ourselves to take that time buffers that um that cloud of, of um, intermittent negative um, procrastination and stuckness and just like all these feelings that makes us feel like held back by whatever is. And it, it dissipates that, dissolves that because we allow those things to be expressed fastly and constantly in different ways. Um, and, and in a personal manner, that's kind of how I end up getting more into not music per se, but like sound making and meditation through that because uh, I was finding myself with less and less time for painting and expressive, uh, expressing myself that way. But I was still longing for those moments. So I found ways that uh, the response is more immediate. I don't need to prep or set a lot. And now that's where I migrated my uh, my performance, if you will, and and creating a space that feeds into that also allows me now to teach people that and show you don't need to be call an artist to make to paint and to make art. You don't need to be a musician to make what people call music. All that you need is to like let your soul flow through your action. Mm. Mm. Let your soul flow through your actions. That's that's beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, and it, it connects to you know, my my soul name and my book ever <laughs> on. You know to, to 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 that flow. And you mentioned flow a number of times. And and thank you for all of that, Felipe. I I love to say it's about the current, not the content the process, mm-hmm. not the product. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, this is part of this growing uh, evolution and revolution on the planet of, of taking back creativity as our God-given right, as, as, a, as one of the most sacred, divine faculties of being human. Because in the last... I'd you know eight nine ten thousand years kind of kind of the process of what we call civilization or culture, which is actually there was all kinds of civilization and culture going on before what we call agrarian 
society, you know, when we move from hunter-gatherer subsistence level to, you know, city-states and, and, and all of a sudden the hierarchical cultures that emerged out of that. And it even starts, I think, with when you cultivate the land instead of following, you know, the, the caribou or the buffalo or looking where the berries are and you're because in nomadic existence and more shamanic traditions, you know, the idea was everyone, they didn't even have a word for art or musician or anything. Everyone, it was a, everyone was seen as part of, in fact, it supported the tribe to dance and sing and make stories and create, you know, the Blackfoot or one of the few tribes they would paint their dreams on their their teepees you know and it was it was a richness of staying in connection with each other the land the animals the plants the and and it actually informed them too not to mention kept them healthy and part of what's happened in a more stratified hierarchical culture is that we've given creativity to quote the professionals and it comes down, you actually also talked about perfect and, you know, like going, making, you know, a photograph and, you know, the difference for you between design and, and creativity. I'm reminded the origin of the word perfect, which in Western culture or Greco-Roman roots meant to be without flaw. I mean, that particular aesthetic we've been suffering under for 2,500 <laughs> and it doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist. And, and one of the original meanings of perfect actually meant to be thorough, not to be without flaw. And so this is what I try to do, too, is that, in fact, a lot of my music that has done the best and has moved people the most, I composed it in here in a very makeshift studio after Hurricane Ivan. And I can hear every quote in perfection. And I, I didn't even want to release it because... I didn't, I didn't have, I was surviving having been displaced from our home and not having the, the usual equipment I'd have. And yet my soul was just calling to express this grief, this pain, but also this mystery and this curiosity of what was happening for me in this four-year transition that turned out to be this album, Ocean. And it was it had nothing to do with, I never thought about awards or money. It was literally, I was hanging by my fingertips and trying to give form to something, emotions and feelings that were too big for words. And I think one of the reasons it's, it has found such a, a powerful place in many people's hearts is because it is kind of raw and unpolished and untamed and you know, there, and you know, what might be called wrong notes might pop out, but it was perfectly wrong because it was actually expressive of that. And it reminds me also, I heard, have heard so many wonderful things about your classes, the arts meditation, and how it's touched people and moved people. And it reminded me when I, because I have no training as a visual artist at all, I think I took one drawing class, which I loved. But I remember reading an interview with an Australian artist and reading this phrase by her when she said she finally threw away her art education and she learned to paint from an Aborigine who told her 
to go to the canvas like a blind beggar knowing nothing. <laughs> go to the canvas like a blind beggar knowing nothing. And that gave me the courage. You've seen, you know, I play around with some of these abstract acrylics, but I, I also know I don't have as much courage to go there into the unknown as I do with music or a sound. And I love what you talked about because part of what I heard you say is, is you are helping support people in moving deeper and deeper into their unknowing and trusting something more visceral more fundamental, more primary. And to me, this is, this is what heals. It's, it's what, you know, often I tell people, you know, meditation is not what you think. In fact, my whole goal is to get people out of their heads, right? And that a somatic, that's why I do a lot of somatic meditation practices, because to move people into their body, mm -hmm. into, into whether it's sound or movement, so anyway, those are some, some thoughts I had that really, really touched me and um, open to, to any thoughts around that. But I also know, and I just, because I know we can talk on and on and on, um, I do want to bring up, and just because I, I'm, I, I've mentioned the Amazon, I've mentioned you being Brazilian, um, and that I feel like, you know, uh, there's ways in which, you know, you, you just literally could be probably a um, genetic brother at some level. And I, it's like oftentimes looking in a mirror of myself, you know, years ago in terms of your, your ability to synthesize all these different interests and activities. And, and it's just so beautiful. But I'm curious about your, and Brazil keeps popping up in, in so many synchronicities for me. So, you know, when I went to film school, like three or four of my fellow cohort were from Brazil, and, and I find the Brazilian spirit, and I don't want to reduce this and I, I, to, you know, anyway, I don't really know what I'm asking, but I, I want to first honor the Brazil as the, the country of your you know, origin, but also... I never visited, I don't know enough about it, but I also know that s there seems to be an openness, uh, a embodiedness, a creativity, and that I'm curious about how a land and a language influences a culture. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I, would, I would be curious about anything you'd like to share about um, how you feel or don't feel that that you being Brazilian and that culture and that land and that language and that people has influenced this particular, very beautiful, unique way that you move through the world or doesn't. Okay. I think it does. It does highly because it was what gave me the opportunity to be who I am, you know, and, and appreciate things um, in a different perspective. There's, <laughs> beginning with language, if you will. Um, I, I, so I speak Portuguese, I speak English, I speak Spanish. Um, I can, I read in, in French and I just love world music in general. So I'm always listening to everything from, um, the Balkans to Germany, you know, to indigenous uh, music and, and all sorts of of mix that comes in between that 
And, and I've been doing that since a, a young age. So I think that that helped to form a different way that I structure things around language. Because I remember being a kid and just making up my own, you know, and, and talking with myself like I was talking a different language. Um, and when it comes to the belief um, on afterlife, even or past lives, I think that is more correlated with like who I am. So I chose to be born in Brazil, mm. you know, and in the family that I was born. Um, I chose to go through different struggles through life, but also to understand the privileges that I had and through the life and the conversations with my parents, through my religious upbringing, um, or like I mentioned, like through the language that we talk. When I was eight or nine, you know, like I got invited to write a, a poetry book by the, the principal in the school that I was because they, they were really, you know, excited about how I was expressing myself and why not. Uh, my mom said no. She's like, no, he's not prepared for that. Like, this is not the time for it. Uh, at this time and age, now I understand that one could have been a scam. Could have been like, hey, it only costs this much for him to be. Um, but I remember how that upset me in a sense of like, well, I have a way of expressing myself, you know, like, why is that not valued? But that persisted in, in different manners which made me look into how I expand my vocabulary so I could talk more. So in a sense of feeling like I wasn't prepared or I wasn't good enough to do that kind of motivated me to then study more, study more literature, study more uh, language, study more art and those things that kind of like could bring together how I could express myself um, or help others express themselves. Um, being raised by a fine artist, right? In that sense, uh, it helped me because I was going every other year to the biannuals in Sao Paulo or going to vernissages and gallery openings and, uh, and communing with this world that translates into visual aspects, something that we only feel, right? Mm. So that also helped to build what was my language around that. Um, in Brazil, it is a land of diversity from the beginning. Uh, even if you think about the indigenous tribes that were there before, and it, it was this very segregated in a way, but also very connected across country. And now how, the way we were colonized with all the destruction and all things were still a way that they integrated the different cultures around what Catholicism was. And because of that, there is a spiritual embrace of different cultures and creativity around how one expresses themselves religiously too. Um, and I see that present in how I approach life, you know? So there is a cultural significance and in how I chose to be in the land that I see as sacred um, although we're defiling it and, and destroying it so many different ways caused by, I think what it comes, you know, this capitalistic pursuit of profit over whatever it is that we do. 
So if you think about like anything, like say it becomes a profession, becomes a product, we're looking for perfection in those manners and we do not enjoy the connection that is created around them. Um, I think that in Brazil, we need to find those connections. If we don't find those connections as we are growing up there, you, you're kind of left aside. Yeah, those connections are important because the majority of people there are entrepreneurs. They need to be because there's not enough support or not enough employment. There's too many people, you know, and there's um, it's a lot of condensated population in specific areas. So the only way to really find a way to live is by finding creative ways around how you live being how you open the business, what type of business you're going to open, being how you express yourself physically with your clothes or in your groups that you are in and whatnot. Um, but it's it's just really interesting to connect with that uh, and understanding like the parts that, that make us whole are the parts of everything that surrounds us. Um, so that's where I see as like how, how Brazil truly influenced me. It was it's a different culture, it's a different language. And I, I struggle with that even when I write in English because it's so much more flourish and I can see for how long I'm talking here, how much I, I've become redundant at some point. And it's part of the poetry, it's part of, of the, um, the this links that we make with the language that we talk, because I'm not translating in my head, I'm just kind of like flowing with whatever language I'm available at. I expanded my vocabulary and I think that's what, we all can do and in, in helps us to express ourselves better because sometimes it's not what we're talking about or how we're talking about. It's just that we don't understand what we want to communicate to begin with. Beautiful, Felipe. <laughs> Beautiful. No, and I couldn't agree more because I, again, even as a, you know, although I'm a retired psychologist now, but as practicing, you know, therapist for over 30 years, I, same thing we were just talking about with with art that when i'm listening to someone to me i'm trying to listen to the current more than the content and that the current that that language itself is is an art is is a music is a amusing and and i think this is a really big piece is both when we are speaking from and listening from the heart we're able to express these more inexpressible uh, things that actually are what gives life its meaning. I always say that, you know, uh, uh, the mind is a great tool and, and, and wonderful tool, and yet it cannot confer meaning. All science cannot confer meaning. It, it can tell you, give you a lot of ability to move through the world and maneuver and manipulate things and changing and 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 solve a lot of difficult problems around survival and other things and yet the only thing that can confer meaning is the heart which is the emotions the feeling the feeling quality is what confers meaning and without meaning we can live a very dry as dust existence. And, and I think we are in an incredible global crisis of meaning. And it was the, the time when religion supplied that, but now it's like we're having to find and explore how we, each of us individually, must find this meaning based upon what speaks to our heart. Not because mm -hmm. authority has told us, but because 
in in my in my training my tradition is that sense of you know part of the vision fasting vision questing or, or any kind of a soul initiation for me is learning what you are willing to die for you know what is it that has that ultimate meaning for you which helps move into that and i do think there's something about the latin languages that are much more languages of the heart and we could talk go into this a lot but for now just because we don't have a lot of time i that was a you, you shared so many beautiful things and and i we could go with it. again. It's like an old growth forest. I, we could go anywhere, but it leads me to want to also kind of bring us into kind of focus of how we may want to, to bring this uh, into a close and also to maybe give some wonderful uh, tips or messaging to the listeners that are tuning in with us right now. And, and that is that coming from an Italian background, you'd be coming from, uh, Brazilian background and, and the Romance language of Portuguese, the, the, the languages of the heart. I mean, the, the Romance languages are called Romance languages for a reason, the, the languages of the heart, and and, and that there is more uh, uh, a capacity to express feeling in a lot of the Romance languages that I do think flavors a culture. Now, I want to, though, bring this into because there is i think one of the wonderful things about english is it, it, it does have some objectivity and you know it's much more you know uh, objective in lots of ways it has a little more germanic origin in that way and yet the other point you brought up which i feel like is so important and i know a lot of the listeners out there uh, you may not have, you may not even have money for a canvas or for a keyboard or for anything. And that when you said to be creative, you know, even if you're trying to, to, to carve out a living for yourself, you know, and, and, and this is the essence of what I would like to get to is that part of the essence of creativity for me is we talked about getting out of your head, but also generating possibility. The idea mm -hmm. of the possible, the idea of trusting, trying on whether it's different mindsets, or I almost like to think of it as a, it's a heart set or, or kind of like being able to, to, to me, it's very much going into a reverie kind of state, you know, where you, you know, Einstein talked about this so often that wherever you are out there listening, whatever you may or may not have at your disposal, the way you can walk through your room right now can be creative by moving differently, walking differently. Uh, when you go and I love doing this, even if I'm in the shower, like standing differently, um, playing with your toes, moving around, watch children. And I think this is why children are such a great, they're masters at a playful, like they, I would say, yes, creativity that we're talking about is is play and yet you should be playing with the seriousness of a child at play now that doesn't mean to be it means to take your place there it means to move into this space of such profound curiosity such profound sensitivity to your body to your environment that you cannot help but be creative so i would love for you perhaps to to leave our listeners with, I don't know, one, two, three tips of when you are working with people to help them open to being more creative 
in a situation where they may not have the toys or tools we do to to be able to partake because to me creativity is a sacrament and that gets me choked up <laughs> and because it teaches us how to live and even perhaps more importantly how to survive i have to say this last piece of this what i was taught with maslow's hierarchy of needs that you have to have your survival needs and at a very top then you can play art and music etc my my parents taught me this oh you cannot make a living as an artist musician and by the way i i do better with my music now than i ever did in psychology uh, but i i didn't aim at that i don't think you can aim at that i think you lose what's most precious about it but i when i was on the black working with my blackfoot teachers and some of the blackfoot elders there was actually one who his mother was the one that maslow stayed with when she was at the when he went to to explore the blackfoot's work and creativity etc and when she saw in fact his pyramid is taken from a, a teepee the image of it mm. and when she read what he wrote he she said he got it all he he screwed it all he does he he got it backwards <laughs> And their idea, again, going back to a nomadic lifestyle, when there was no food, when there was no water, when the survival was at risk, that's when they would dance and sing. And that was the way they fed themselves. They fed their souls with spirit because they lived on spirit to get through the next day. And so that's why it's so important to me and I'm so passionate about taking creativity away from the professionals. I'm not saying that not to emulate and explore that, but that that this, this is a sacrament. This is a human right to be creative. Even if it's the way you might be paralyzed, but the way you might move your one finger that you can move. Um, so I think of Stephen Hawking and that man defied all odds. He should have you know, died in 18 months and he lived decades being able to move a couple fingers because his mind was creating and seeing universes and understanding the origin of universes. And that's what kept him alive. So, sorry, you kind of got me all inspired and passionate. So, this is a bomb. It is. So, I, I watch you work with people in the community all the time and people love you here and and the way you touch them and and so i would love you to have the final words about what you suggest to be creative if you don't have what appears to be tools at your disposal to be creative i appreciate that i mean it's beautifully say how you put in and i think that there's a way to concatenate everything together here now because you mentioned um, before also, you know, doing the art and meditation is a way of working and getting people deeper and deeper into this state, not only of flow and reflection, but in touch with themselves. And I think that most often the people that don't see themselves as creatives are the most creative because they're not exercising and, and exerting that. They have that just like they're ready to come out, you know, and that is surprising. Um, like you say, it's part of human nature of the sacredness of what who we are. 
to be creative. We create all the time and where our ideas, our dreams, our, our, our wills and wants, those are creations and people tend to narrow it to the artist's path, right? And that's not what it is. You can be uh, colder and be creative on how you express yourself and code and solve problems. And I think that's where I, I bring this back into how I coach and how I, I talk with individuals. It's finding creative ways, not because I'm telling you how to do it, but because you can then explore internally how you are navigating around what you thought was a challenge before, you know? So I think the best way that we can connect with that both, that sacred ground and explore what we have around us, even when we don't have anything, it's going back to the earth itself. So there is this Brazilian artist, it's called, his name is Vicky Muniz. Uh, he does this amazing, gigantic art pieces using trash or using leftovers like of um, debris from constructions and whatnot. And you can only see that from like a higher perspective. So it's very interesting how he uses that. And he started doing that in Brazil going to landfills and asking people to help him like creating these huge images um like you can see him replicating the mona lisa just using trash that's found on the landfill you know um we don't need to go that to that dimension in a sense but i want to just express that there are ways of working around anything that you have is how you are navigating your environment and creating what you want to see from it. And sometimes you see better with your eyes closed because you are then getting in touch with different emotions, feelings, sensations that sometimes we don't care about. So I would suggest like people to just go outside, close their eyes while they sit down on the ground and touch the ground with their hands and just allow to feel the, the dirt, the sand, the grass, and with your hands, creating something, a, a gesture, a movement, digging into it and feeling that connection with the earth that creates back that the seeds sprout from. So it's almost this exchange of energy coming back and forward. And at the same time, that is your canvas. That is your sacred body. That is the caressing of, you know, the gentle touch to a mother. Mm. And when you connect with that energy, you know, you bring back to you, you know, through your hands, through your chakra system, through your energy, even if you do not believe in any of the spiritual aspect, you are enjoying this connection just because your neuroreceptors are then connecting with these subtle aspects of touch that bring you joy, that bring you peace of mind, that take you away from like all these concerns and things that are maybe floating on and connect back with the energy that you are putting into the earth itself. And when you finish what you see there, might not seem like anything, but if you put a little bit of imagination into it, might be the answer that you were looking for into the art itself. It becomes that dialogue again. It becomes like that force 
uh, of expression that gives back to you in a way that opens your mind. Oh, I love that, Felipe. That's just so beautiful. And I just had, as you were speaking, I had so many images and memories coming back. You know, I guided these vision fasts for 10 years where I would take folks out on the land and haven't gone through them myself. And I cannot tell you how many times uh, myself fasting on the land and hungry and having very little energy and how many times I would just sit on the earth and trace my fingers through the the dust, the sand, the grass. It was a little practice we'd make where you take a foot-by-foot square and spend hours with it watching and learning from that little square of, of the creatures that might pass through it, the ants and the, the bugs, quote, the bugs. And, and thank you for bringing us back into the first canvas our mother earth skin um that was beautiful thank you and and i i could see i i could see you and i guiding it like a little day long we call them medicine walks but they could be medicine art you know we go out and, mm-hmm. and allow people to there's a few artists i'm blocking on their names right now that are doing go you know they do these temporary installations by you know doing something with the natural setting and then it that doesn't interfere and actually just adds beauty and then it goes back to the earth and only with natural materials that are you know uh, rocks and pine cones and branches Mm -hmm. so anyway this this has been such a delight you know we've talked about doing this for probably over a year and it's it was perfect timing, of course, in, in not in without flaw timing, but in the sense of it was so timely to have a chance to spend time with you. And I know we you know, might have to have you on again because there's just so much richness to, to our connection. Before we finish, please, I would love you to share with the audience how people can get in touch with you, learn about more what you do. So how can people find out more about your work? Sure. Um, so right now, I'm the, the founder and CEO of Empathic Practice. It's a wellness clinic here in Pensacola, um, where we focus really on stress management. So people can find uh, not only my services, but all the other practitioners that are involved here at empathicpractice.us. I say .us, but it's .us. That was my intention. Okay. Um, <laughs> And if you go on YouTube and look for empathic practice, Pensacola or meditations or just empathic practice, you're going to find some of our meditations and content there. Also, it's a good way to connect. Um, I'm available on both those channels. So direct messages come directly to me uh, and I'll be more than happy to expand on these conversations with you, with anyone who reaches out, because it is, it's really my pleasure is to get to know people, to understand, um, to connect and to nourish those relationships for what they are. If they are one second, if they are one lifetime, it doesn't matter. What matters is the moment that we are having that. And I'm so deeply appreciative of being in this, I see you as a mentor. Uh, I admire your work, and I'm so happy that I, I'm not only on your radar, 
but we became part of each other's life um, because it was through our conversations that inspired me that was possible to do what I'm doing now. Mm. Uh, and I hope that the conversations that we have can inspire others to see all the things that we can do. And like you mentioned, this world revolution that we're living in, finding meaning in, within ourselves and meaning that raises the vibration of this world as well. Mm. Thank you, Felipe, for all those words and so honored by your words. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I feel the same way. And I've always loved when I first saw empathic practice. It's such a great phrase because there's so many layers to it. You know? <laughs> and, and you truly practice empathy. And, and it's such an honor because as a deep empath, both being deep empaths and being men, empaths have been casualties at other periods of time in culture and can be today. And that you find such a skillful way of living as a very open-hearted male in this world and yet very competent and capable and resilient and strong. And it's part of what I call being a heart warrior. And tr you truly are a heart warrior. When, you know, you're one of the people I think of as far as that this, this man is a true heart warrior. And so it's, it's such an honor. And I look forward to many more conversations and adventures together. And thank you so much for being on Musitations today. And listeners, thanks as always for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next time on Musitations. You've been listening to Musitations, sound healing and sound wisdom for a world in need, where we explore all things musical, meditative, and creative for healing, transformation, and awakening the soul. I've been your guide and host, Michael Brandt Di Maria. Feel free to check out my music on Pandora, Amazon Music, Spotify, XM Cirrus Radio, or Soundscapes Cable. You can also check out my website at michaeldemaria.com or online programs at alldaypeace.com, alldaypeace.com. Listen to your heart. Follow your soul. And we'll see you on the next episode of Musitations. <laughs>